I'll give a wave like this just to let you know that that joke is over. Okay. I misbehave on stage, but I'm better than when I wasn't sober. Okay, so uh, I've sobered up. There's still some blackouts. And, uh, I worked in hymens and survived tornadoes and trailers, but that don't mean I won't put in my two weeks later having a good time, baby. Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay. Uh, Dusty Slay. I stumbled on my own name. I, my own name has always been difficult to say. I've always struggled to say it to people. People will say, what's your name? I go, Dusty. They go, Justin? <laughs> Dustin? Some people say Duffy. I had a friend uh, named John, John Wolf, one time, and he had a friend named Duffy. And I called John one time, and I said, hey, and I had not called him a lot. I said, hey, John, this is Dusty. He goes, no, it's not. I was like, yeah, it is. He thought I said Duffy. Okay. <laughs> well, my name's Dusty Slay, and I'm here with my co-host uh, and producer, Hannah Hogan. Hey, Dusty Slay. Thank you, Hannah Hogan. Okay. Well, we're here. We just got back. Sorry that the podcast is going to come out a little later than than normal because we went out today looking at land. I've been out to this spot in McMinnville for the third time looking at land, and I think we're going to buy it. Yeah, we really traipsed all over that thing. Yeah, the, the land had not been surveyed. They didn't have a survey, and we wanted to make sure, so we had to go look for markers. We had to buy some snake boots. So I bought some boots. Snake boots were not really what I was going for. I was mainly just going for boots to not get eat up with chiggers again because I went down to my dad's house in Alabama this past week, and I got pretty ate up with stuff on my legs. Not chiggers. I think it was mosquitoes, but I don't know how they got through my jeans. So I bought some boots that come up to about my knees, and then I um, got some overalls, and uh, I look pretty good. I figured out the mask situation, I think. Uh, I wear a bandana around my neck, and I don't mind the style. I don't mind how it looks, and then when I walk into a store, I pull it up over my nose until no one's looking at me, and then I take it down and uh, breathe fresh, clean air. You figured out a whole new look during this quarantine. The overalls, that hat you're wearing, the bandana. Well, this hat's new. And that brings me, and if you're not listening, or if you're only listening and not watching, um, uh, you know, it. You know, you won't get it. But I'm wearing a new hat, and it was sent to me. And I got a few gifts I'd like to talk about. Great. This is sent to me uh, by my friend. And uh, he gave me these HGB Puro stickers and a patch. Um, and I'll... Um, you know, uh, you see those, and I'll, you know, I'll do something with those. I'll stick those on something. And he wrote me, uh, this is Heath G. Brown. That's what HGB means. Uh, it's not a drug. And uh, he get, he wrote me a letter, very nice. I won't read it on line, not not that there's anything in there that, that I shouldn't read, but he also wrote on the envelope, he put Dusty Hyman and then crossed it out and put Slay. <laughs> Thanks, Heath. So Heath gave me this hat. Oh, and he also sent me a bag of cigars. He sent me about six or seven cigars. 
and I'm going to get into them, and I'm going to enjoy them. And uh, cigars are fun. The, the, I always welcome uh, gifts of cigars. My wife may not appreciate that, but I always welcome them. Everything and, in moderation. Yes. And then let's see. I got a, I got a couple more things. I got one from uh, Matt Niche. I think that's how you say it. It's N-I-C-H-E, Matt Niche. He sent me this, the Blue Ribbon Lounge hat, which I've worn this hat a bit too. I like this hat a lot. And he wrote me a nice letter as well. And he also sent me an envelope that said, enjoy a couple of coffees on me. And inside was $10. <laughs> so, and he also sent me a koozie called the Blue Ribbon Lounge. So I appreciate that. What Matt. is Blue Ribbon? Well, Blue Ribbon, it, like a PBR is Paps Blue Ribbon Beer. Okay. And I assume that has something to do with that. Does he work for them or with them? I don't know. Is he them? You know, I, I don't know. Let's see what he says in the in the letter. Uh, okay, I guess it's a it actually is a lounge. He said at the end, he said, P.S. All we're trying to do here in the Blue Ribbon Lounge is have a good time. Aw. So. Where is that at? What city? You know, I don't know. Dang. Well, Find information in the link below. It may be on one of these envelopes right here. If you just pick up one of those. Hold on. Look for Matt Niche. All right, well, we'll figure it out. I will provide some information for that. Uh, Iowa and Washington. Well, I had another. Oh, here. Nah. There's also, oh, also uh, Simply Seattle. Um, I'm so bad about, you know, th but they, they gave me a bag of hats. Oh, yeah. Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. Seattle. That's cool. And uh, I don't know what that is. I like a red hat. Very nice hats. Ve oh, the camera. You hit the camera there. Oh. <laughs> All right. You want to show that? Okay, yeah. So we got uh, Pacific Northwest, uh, Seattle hat, and this, this hat here, a red one. Very nice hats. And that is, I wish there were more information on the box, but it says, Worship God, Washington. But it says, To Dusty Slay, Worship God, Washington. I don't know what that means, but it's from simplyseattle.com. Simply Seattle in Seattle, Washington. Very nice stuff. Cool, thank you. And then from Seth Godwin, Seth Godwin sent me some stuff, and uh, he says, uh, your bit, Matter of Fact, which is off my Making That Fudge album, Matter of Fact, is so perfectly constructed and beautifully delivered, it completely made my day. I'd like to say, Seth, I appreciate that because I worked really hard on those jokes, and I never, ever, ever get compliments on that joke. That joke is almost lost down the memory hole. It's... I had such a fun time writing that joke. The first joke is a joke that my dad used to say all the time, not in the exact phrase, but the joke is, uh, I hate running. Matter of fact, if you see me running, I'd appreciate it if you'd stop and pick me up. 
I'm probably in some kind of trouble. That's what my dad would say. So I was sitting around Hyman Seafood one day, and I thought, well, what if I wrote a few more jokes like that? And then I wrote another one, and then I wrote another one, and I had a joke. The third one, it, it says lifting weights. The third one used to be, I would say, uh, I would say it was a basketball joke. Because outside of my dad, in my dad's hometown, there's a uh, uh, jail, a city jail. And outside of the jail, the only playground area that the prisoners have is a basketball court. That's all they have. So I used to see these guys playing basketball, these prisoners playing basketball all the time. So I thought, man, the only time I would ever play basketball if I, if I, is if I was in that jail and the only activity I had was to play basketball. Right, and I thought that's all prisoners got to do was play basketball. So I said, uh, I don't play basketball. Matter of fact, if you see me playing basketball, I'd appreciate it if you'd stop and try to bail me out of jail. Right, But people kept telling me that that was a racist joke. And I was like, I don't understand how this joke is racist. It doesn't make any sense to me. But it happened enough times to where I was like, okay, I guess I'll change it. So I changed it to lifting weights because you see a lot of prisoners lifting weights. But... Uh, I enjoy the joke, and I appreciate that. And Seth sent me this, uh, What to Do When It's Your Turn and It's Always Your Turn by Seth Godwin. And it's a book. I haven't read it because I, I don't— it. I haven't read it because I don't read books, but— I read it, and it's very interesting, and it's kind of like a picture book, sort of motivational, different kind of fun doctrine, and just interesting photos. And it's a real conversation starter when you have it on your— coffee table people are like what is that and i'm like i don't know it's your turn hats from simply seattle 1600 first avenue seattle washington okay so wow what a great time thank you for those gifts uh if i'm not good at saying thank you for things uh i apologize uh, because i do appreciate them everything that gets sent to me i appreciate and um you know and if you listen to the podcast and you want to email me and go, hey, will you give a shout out to us on social media? I will. Hey, check this out. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. Where we're going, where we been. Where did I go last week? Well, I went to Alabama and hung out with my dad for a few days. I had a great time down there. And where am I going? I'm going to Rhode Island. I'm going to East Providence, Rhode Island this weekend to the Comedy Connection. I have uh, two shows on the 21st, Friday the 21st, two shows on Saturday the 22nd. Well, that's exciting. It's been a, it's been a minute since you did uh, some comedy. It's been about a month and a half to two months before I've done any comedy. Wow. And it's very exciting. So that's where I'll be. I've never been to Rhode Island. I'm going to fly in a plane up there, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what are you going to do to shake the rust off? Well, I, I you know, uh, took a recording that I did from my one of my later performances in Huntsville, which was about an hour, and I downloaded it the other day, and put the audio on my phone and I listened to it the other day and I think I will listen to it again on the plane uh, going up to Rhode Island just to refresh my memory on my own jokes and then I'll write a set list and I'm going to go in there with the heat. Great. 
Um, so I'm excited about it. That's very exciting. I went to Alabama. I hung out with my friend Adam Edge, uh, who was my friend probably from the age of 10 or 11 to, if not younger, to about 15. Now, he's been my friend since then, but I don't go to Alabama as much as I used to. But we used to play a lot as kids. He's a year older than me. Country boys. Country boys. We used to ride four-wheelers together. We did mm -hmm. a, a, a hunter safety course together. We did a 4-H uh, shooting thing together. We used to work at Rock Fence Hunting Club where we would pull skeet for people to shoot. Oh, really? When we were younger, Adam told me that there was one, and I remember the course. He said there was one course. Maybe he doesn't want me to tell this, but I'll tell it. We were kids. And there was one course where the people stood uh, on a, um, like it was like a two-story type thing where we sat underneath and then above was where they stood. And they would say, pull, and then we would pull and they would shoot it, right? But he said one time, now we were 14 or 15 or younger, and he said there was a lady who had come who was wearing a dress and he could look up <laughs> on the uh up where they were standing to shoot and see up the dress. And he said it was very distracting because he would look up and they would go, pull. And he's like, oh, uh, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely, I do. It makes me think of movies I've seen. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. He's married now, and I sat out at his house on his front porch in Alabama. It was very quiet. I could see the stars. I saw a shooting star. It was amazing. We got all caught up on, on the drama around town, who's in jail, who's not in jail, who's got kids, who doesn't got kids. Uh, I found out that his grandfather, Larry Edge, who used to run the store, Edge's Grocery, died in March. So not even that long ago. I was not informed of it. I wish I would have known. Uh, I always liked Larry. Yeah, he, he ran the general store. Yeah, he did. And now his son, Bill, that you met, uh, Adam's uncle, runs the Penton Grill. There's a lot of edges in your town. Yeah. They used to all have tags on the front of their cars that said living on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. It is fun. And um, so we've been looking at land, and we liked it. We're down in McMinnville, we stopped. We, we went to the courthouse today to get some tax papers on it to figure out, you know, if the land they're trying to sell us is, in fact, land they own. And uh, we went down. We tromped through the land. I mean, it's a lot of hills. Like, usable land, there's not as much there if you're going to be a farmer, but there's enough to build on. But it has all of these rock cliffs in it. We found you can really some. really forage through it. Yeah, there's a creek out there, and we found a creek with minnows and tadpoles, and we found a lot of, like, stone, like, almost like waterfalls with no water. I don't know what you'd call that. Cliffs. Cliffs, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, it was great. Yeah, I, it was just kind of, I mean, untouched land. No one's ever built on it. But it's in between lots where there's houses. So it's not, you know, away from civilization. And we want to get in there into those woods and clean that up and really make some, you know, some hiking trails. And right. Because we're ready to leave the big city. Yeah, I mean, I, we don't we're know. We're not done with it. Yeah, we don't know what we'll do, but, you know. With, we're ready. With things going down, it's like, I mean, I saw some videos of some people up in a neighborhood in Portland the other day or Seattle or something telling people to they got to leave their homes. Oh. And there was some other people grilling outside, and people were, like, out in the cul-de-sac yelling at them. I'm like, I'm about ready to get up out of here. But we're both country folk. We are country folk. You're from Alabama. I'm from Canada. 
We both grew up in the country. And we went we for, to kind of forgot about it because we both wanted to live in the cities when we got to be young adults. But now we're like, oh, heck, we are just our parents. Well, I wore overalls to the courthouse and to the thing, and it felt good. I mean, my dad wears overalls <laughs> everywhere, and I felt like it. I feel like it's in my nature, and it felt good. Well, we went to Bass Pro Shop today. We did go to Bass Pro Shop, and we had a heck of a time trying to figure out your waistline and an overall. That's true. So it's actually a larger waistline because you want that loose, loose fit well, in an overall. You know, I've been wearing a bit of a skinnier jean <laughs> these days. Uh -huh. And uh, I tried to buy a pair of Carhartts <laughs> for the same size as the Levi's I was wearing. And those things, you could have fit four of my legs in. That you, look you look like a clown. <laughs> yeah. You look like you were going to be in the carnival. <laughs> I was like, jeez, what's going on with Carhartt sizes? Yeah. I mean, the waistline fit, fit me great, but the legs were like... You also have very thin, skinny legs. Well, I don't feel that way. Well, you do. I don't feel that way. Well, you don't have to feel any way about it. But, um, so, all right. So, that's what... We'll that put up a picture of the overall look, because we caught a picture of it. Did you? Yeah, we'll put it up. Yeah, we got a picture of it. We'll put it up. Now... We start last week. We were we were on 2011. We were on what I was up to with Spectreside in 2011, and I tried to map out what I talked about last week and what I want to talk about this week. But it may be a little choppy. But this is you know this is the last year. This is the last year that I'm drinking and the last year that I'm working at Spectreside. Now there is 2012, but that's a short. That's a short time, so I'm, I'm wrapping things up. And then there was also, again, in 2014, which I, I will talk about. I will get into. But so far, um, you know, th this is the, the climax of it all. So this is where it gets really, you know, this is where things get spicy here. This is the mo moment. This is your rock bottom, essentially. Yeah, I mean, remember, where I left off, I was projectile vomiting into my... 2008 Dodge Avenger on my way to do a comedy contest in Wilmington. And then I went on up to um, Annapolis, Maryland and did a show with Tim Heckle, John Brennan, and Thomas Dostry. And, um, and then I drove them to the airport or to the bus stop in Baltimore in a puked-in car and uh, pesticide bottles in the trunk and shelving units. And we had a time. And then, you know, then, of course, I drive back from Baltimore to Charleston in my own car, smelling my own throw up. And to be honest, probably not feeling that bad about myself. Probably should have felt worse about myself than I did. Because you used to say things to yourself in your head like, oh, hell, this is just who I am. Exactly. Exactly. I did used to. Those I don't the, even give, give a darn. Those were the kind of things I used to say to my head. I would black out and do so many stupid things. I would lose so many friends that I would say things to myself like, well, hell, F them, right? If they can't deal with it, then they don't need to be my friends anyway, <laughs> <laughs> right? If they can't handle it. And I, that's the kind of attitude I had to adopt. I'm like, hey, man, I'm just having a good time out here. You okay? can't roll with the D sleigh. You can't roll at all, yeah. buddy. If you can't hang, don't don't try to hang. Yeah, keep up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been partying for a decade, dude. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I've done all kinds of things. Drinking is the least of my worries. Did you talk about, you know, your early trailer days? No, no, I haven't okay. gone into that okay. too much. Okay. Yeah, we haven't got yeah, into we that won't, too we much. Won't, we won't dip into that then. Maybe at a different time. Yeah, that seems like a good time to talk about, though. Yeah, it is. I think it will be a good time. We'll have to go re- regress into time. So other things that I'm doing in this year, 2011, I'm in a sketch comedy group called Assorted Rogues with my friend Derek Humphrey. Humphrey with Jordan Reeves, Betsy Harper, Andre Comfort, later became Andre Hines. And we had now this group, we had, I'd been in this group for a little while, but I, I, it resurfaced in my brain the other day that I was with them. And we had sketches and, and it was fun. We were doing stuff at Theater 99. Uh, uh, this is the time I'm really making a lot of comedy moves. Um, uh, I'm doing a lot of stuff with app. Oh, we had the, we had the roast of apples. Uh, my friend Apples that lives out in Denver, Colorado now, he has a, the comedy ranch where he's doing comedy. And, uh, and, and Apples was, was doing shows at um, uh, a, a bar called, uh, I don't remember what it was called, it burned down, but it was a, a nightclub, and he had a show called Stand Up, Get Down. It was supposed to be a stand-up show followed by a dance party. We had one successful one, and then, you know, then the uh, like so many shows, we have one successful one, and then the others are like, okay, the excitement, the luster goes off of it. And then we had the roast of Derek uh, at the Tin Roof. We had all these at the Tin Roof. It was a very hot spot for us at the Tin Roof. Um, and those were great. I got a lot of those on tape. I had a joke that I said about Apples. Now, Apples was a large dude. He's not particularly fat, but he's hefty, and he's a little tall. And I remember telling this joke. I said, when I, and I wore overalls, interestingly enough. I said, when I was growing up, I I remember going into the woods with my dad, and there there was a cow struggling to give birth to the cow. And I had to stick my hand in the vagina of that cow and grab a leg and bring that cow out. We had to bring the cow out. Now, the calf had already died. Oh, what? So gross. So we had to bring the calf out, and then we wrapped a chain around the cow, and then we jacked, we took a, a wire uh, stretcher and put it on there and jacked the calf out of the cow. Now, it saved the life of that cow. But in the joke, I said the cow died. And I said, then we took that cow home and we put that thing on a fire and we grilled it up and we ate it. And after that, my dad said, Dusty, this is the largest animal you'll ever roast. And I said, well, Dad, you're wrong. Right? And that was the joke because apples was so fat. And it got a huge laugh at the time. Wow, what a creative roast joke. I know. I mean, because I actually, midway through your telling me this story about the dead calf and reaching inside the cow... I totally forgot you were even talking about a roast. That's what everyone did. That was my first joke. I said something like, my dad said, you'll never roast an animal this large again. And then I paused and let it sink in on the room. And then I said, well, dad, you're wrong. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> yeah, it was you. good. It was, it was really good. Yeah. And I have it on tape, I think. Maybe I'll try to post it. 
And I was drinking back then, and I was dating the girl that I'm referring to as Mandy at the time. And it was a wild. The traveler? Yes. It was a wild night at the at the tin roof. I mean, we had a blast. I was drinking with Jason Gross and, and Derek, and we just got wasted. We were like, it, in, the, in Charleston, it's so hot that you just get like summertime wasted. You know, you're like going out, taking taking breaks to smoke cigarettes and so and you're just so drunk that everybody's just sweaty you know and it's a blast that sounds great it is a good time yeah because charleston's so palmy and beachy yeah and everyone kind of has like a little bit of a shimmer of a rich look onto them but it's probably just because of where they're walking around and they're also a bit rich yeah too yeah but the the thing about it is is this was a sunday night right so i'm doing this i'm all out partying sunday night and then monday morning i mean i'm i'm not saying i was the best one at the at the roast but I was like a star that night, right? I had great jokes. It was fun. I'm sweaty. I'm drunk. The next morning, I'm getting up. I'm putting on my green collared shirt and my khaki pants, and I'm heading into the Lowe's to sell pesticides to people. <laughs> you know? I got so wasted one night. One night, I was at a, at a in Myrtle Beach. I, was, I had gotten myself a hotel at Broadway at the beach. I was up there working some stores, and then the next day, I was going to be doing this big event at the Lowe's. All the managers were going to be there. All the managers from the whole district, the district manager, it was important for me to get up there, build relationships, make friends. And I went out that night at Broadway at the Beach. And I remember sitting at a Margaritaville with this guy and then this other girl. They weren't together. We were just all alone at the bar drinking together. And I made, I was sitting in between them. I made friends with the guy. I made friends with the girl. We were just talking on and on and on, just having a good time talking with each other. And then we decided to go off to this dance club. And I had some food and I wanted to go put it in my car. And I don't know what happened to me in between putting it in my car and getting to that club. But I remember being pretty cognitive pretty with it and I went and put that food in my car and by the time I made it to the dance club they were at I was so wasted and it was like they weren't my friends anymore and the next morning I woke up in my own hotel room almost late I woke up and my food that I that I had taken to my car was strewn all over the room. It's like I had taken the box and just <laughs> threw it. There was French fries everywhere. I woke up fully clothed, and I was almost late. So I run downstairs into the lobby of the hotel. I grab some fruit. I grab a coffee, and I get in the car, and I'm headed down there. I feel terrible, but I also feel like I got like a drunk energy about me, like the hangover hasn't hit me yet. So I still feel pretty good, and I start eating this fruit, and they had put grapefruit in the fruit. And all I could think about was Gary Goldman's bit about the grapes and the grapefruit and how when you put a grapefruit into a fruit salad, it ruins everything. And that was what was happening here. And I just, I was a mix of feeling terrible and also having this good drunk energy. And I went into that store that day with all those district managers there and store managers, and I rocked it. 
I mean, I was on fire in there. I went in giving presentations like this product does this. This wasp killer will kill waltz from 18 feet away. You know, I mean, I was ready and I won them over. Myrtle Beach from then on was a, st- was a district that I did really well in, even though I didn't go there that much. And, and then I went to lunch with the Pennington rep. And we had, we went to a California Dreamin' in Myrtle Beach, and we had a steak, and it was a great time. But then after I ate that, the hangover hit me, and I wanted to cry on the way home. My serotonin levels, I guess, had dipped so low that I was near about crying on the way home. Wow. I don't know what that was about. Well, I think you were a professional drunk. (laughs) I think so. It sounds like you really figured out how to make it work. Yeah. And I had two hours to drive home. Because it's like you expired at exactly the moment that you could. Yeah. And, all right, so let's talk about this. So in 2011, September of 2000, September of 2011, I... Uh, went to L.A. for the first time. I flew to L.A. My old roommate, Nick Donito, had moved to L.A., and I went out there with him, and him and his roommate, Matt, I can't remember his last name, Matthew something. Um, they had moved to L.A., and they were both Charleston people, and they were moving out there to DJ. So I went out there, and I hung out with him. He was living in uh, Hollywood, just walking distance from the Hollywood Boulevard, um, and I went out there. I saw an improv show on my first night. I saw Miles Stroth, who had taught us a class at Theater 99. I went and saw his show. It was it was a real... No, you know what? He wasn't in that show, but he recommended that show to me. It was four performers. They did improv for an hour. They each played two characters the whole show, and it was the most brilliant improv show I had ever seen. And then later I went and saw Nick's girlfriend at the time, her improv show, and it was maybe the worst improv show I had ever seen. Um, And then I met up with my friends, uh, let's see, uh, Chad and Heather Lehman. They were some old Theater 99 friends of mine that are moving to L.A. I think they still live in L.A., at least in California, and they were doing improv out there, and Chad and Heather took me to see a sketch show at The Groundlings, which to this day is the best sketch show I've ever seen. I really was blown away at how good it was. I mean, I bet the shows there are hot garbage now because I bet it's all political jokes. But at the time, we weren't so obsessed with politics. And it was amazing. It was just a really, really good show. And then my friend Sam Yakel, who lives in New York, I think he's back in Iowa now uh, because of you know COVID and whatnot, and he was out there at the same time as me. So we hung out a couple of days. I remember we went to this. We kept going to this uh, hardcore, like, metal bar because I really liked this real tattooed-up chick that worked behind the bar. You did? Well, I was an alcoholic. And, you uh, liked a tatted-up girl? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, well, I went in there one time with Sam in the daytime, and it was just her in there, and we all talked for a while. And it was, yeah. you know, it was pretty fun. So I went back a couple of times. Oh, so you just liked her personality. Yeah. And, um, but I remember, and, um, so you went into the bar. Well, we went to the bar, but then later we went to another bar. Me and Sam were hanging out and I'd never been to LA. Right. So for a long time, I had not traveled out of the South much. So every time I went out of the South, I felt like I needed to put on a show, right? Like I needed to let people know I was Southern. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I enjoyed it and I thought it was fun. 
Uh, you know, it's back when everybody really enjoyed Southerners instead of thinking we were all racist, you know, and uh, and it, it was a lot of fun. And I, I remember Sam is from Iowa. So I remember and I, I knew nothing about Iowa. I knew nothing about any place. And I remember a waitress came over and she was asking us what we wanted to eat. And I said, Sam's from Iowa. You got any corn he can eat? Right. <laughs> and Sam said, Dusty's from Alabama. You got a cousin he can F? <laughs> and uh, it was great. We yeah. loved it. We That's had a, charming. Yeah, we had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. such a fun time. And then my friend Annie Boxell, also from Charleston, who's living, I think she still lives in L.A., she took me and Sam back to the Groundlings to see the founder of the Groundlings. I can't remember his name. It was him and a guitar, acoustic guitar player just sitting on the stage talking about the beginnings of the Groundlings. And I remember him saying that more people have been on Saturday Night Live from the Groundlings than any other place. And at the time, I thought that was Second City would have been that. And then he said, I watched Pee Wee Herman be born right here on this stage. And it just blew my mind. It, he was, it was just a storytelling show. And it was so good. So was L.A. seducing you like it does to everybody the first time they go? L.A. completely seduced me. I did a show in North Hollywood. It was terrible. I mean, the show was good, but I didn't do that well. But I posted it on YouTube anyway because I thought I did great. I was fat. I had not drank for a month prior to going out there. August, I had taken off drinking. And I, I had no intentions really of drinking while I was in L.A. But the first night I was in L.A. with Nick, me and him got wasted. And... uh because Nick used to live with me downtown, Charleston, and he used to see me the most wasted. And, you know, so we got, and, and it, was, it was my first bringer show. You know what? This North Hollywood was where I did the show. It was my first bringer show, and I know that because when I was looking up, I was trying to find dates. That's how I know it was September 1st, 2011, because I looked up a conversation between me and Chad Lehman, and I remember asking Chad if he could come uh, because I need to bring people. I said, I, I even said, I'll buy your ticket if you want, but I need people to come. And uh, that was my first bringer show. So when I left LA, I had planned to move to LA by March of 2012. Wow. That was my plan was to move to LA in March of 2012. Uh, Nick had already begun to look for places for us. He was, because we were going to live together, he was sending me places to look at, and he was going and physically looking at them. We had this plan all worked out. Meanwhile, back in, uh, back in Charleston, I'm living my life. I go, I go, I, I, I'm out in Statesboro, Statesboro, Georgia. I'm working a Spectracide Lowe's. Uh, a Lowe's in Statesboro, Georgia. And Chaz, my, my old um, guy who used to work for me who got promoted, he came down um, to help me do a store. He had a place that he could stay in Statesboro still, so he came down to help me with this reset that we have to do. And that's where we have to completely strip everything off the shelf. You go on the pesticide aisle, we have to take everything off, all the labels off. We have to rearrange everything and then put it back up there. And it's something they do every year. So Chaz came down to help me, and then, you know, we left at lunch. Now, I had never did anything like this. We left at lunch, and we had a little CBD, and, uh, and, and, then I, and then I was, like, too, like, messed up to want to go back into the Lowe's store. So I had to have a few beers 
to counteract that. Uh-huh. So we went back and then lo and behold, the store manager comes right up to us and starts talking to us, just chatting us up. And it all went fine. But then me and Chaz and another buddy of his, we were all going to go out that night in Statesboro. So we had to go to the store and buy some clothes. I remember buying clothes without trying them on. And the shirt was so way too big for me. And the jeans were the tightest jeans I had ever bought. They were like the ultimate skinny jeans. They were too small for me. That's important uh, if we can remember for next week's episode. If you can remind me about the skinniest jeans I ever got. We went out. I'm in Statesboro. Statesboro's three hours from Charleston. By this time, I had traded in the 2008 Dodge uh, Avenger, and I was now driving, I think, a 2008 uh, Honda Fit, a light blue Honda Fit, uh, the most girly-looking car you could get was now the car I was driving. And um, so I carried over a negative equity that I, uh, that I had on the dot. So, so I had carried over a negative, meaning I owed more money on the Dodge Avenger than they were willing to give me on a trade-in. So I, they were, they, I got them to carry over that negative equity. So let's say that the, the, the Honda Fit cost eight grand. I carried over like three grand. So when I bought that car, I already owed more on it than it was worth. Like, a, you know, but I was like, okay, whatever. And right, so I needed a car. The, the, the Avenger was, I had wrecked it a million times. It was shot. My I'll tell you this, my car insurance at one point, a one month, my car insurance was $500. And I switched insurance companies and it got it down to $300 a month. So my car note was about $265 a month and my insurance was $300 a month. So I paid $565 every month. I was in a hole because I kept making bad decisions. I wasn't having a lot of drinking and driving wrecks, but I had a lot of hungover wrecks, just sheer frustration as I'm behind the wheel. I mean, I got, I talked a lady into one time into letting me pay her to get her car buffed because I was like, I think this will come. I hit her in a parking lot. I was like, I think this will come out. And I said, here's my number, call me. And she did. She said, I can get it buffed out. It's going to cost me like 80 bucks. So I went, I paid her the 80 bucks. Another girl I hit in Orangeburg, South Carolina. I hit her car, and nothing happened to her car. She had a raggedy car. There wasn't even any paint exchanged. But it's one of those situations where she wasn't sure what to do, and she was like, she was she was bordering on letting me go. And then she was, and then her boyfriend shows up, and her boyfriend is uh, not a pleasant looking guy. Like I feel like he's gonna start trouble. He's got he's got dreads, and he's just not seeming like a friendly guy and they've got a baby and the baby's in a car seat and they have put they have taken the baby and put the baby on the trunk in the car seat and we're standing there talking I'm talking to him but I'm thinking for sure this guy is gonna get me right he's gonna he's gonna make me pay and we stood there for a minute and then all of a sudden he goes you're good man he goes you're good and I was like oh thank god right And about that time, the car seat falls off the trunk and falls face first onto the concrete, baby inside. They pick up the car seat, the baby's screaming, 
But the way the car seats are designed is to protect that baby. If that baby's strapped in, it's to protect it from being hit. So the baby didn't hit the concrete. And I was like, and they were tending to the baby. And I'm just standing there. I'm like, so uh, are we still good here? Or? <laughs> <laughs> and then they let, he's like, nah, you're good, man. And he Whoa. let me go. So that's all going, going on. I mean, this is all. And you then got problems. And then uh, let's see. I'm doing I'm doing trivia at at I'm doing shows at Theater 99. I'm doing trivia at Yo Burrito. Yo Burrito's gone now, but I was I was living there, and uh, I I just I was uh, I mean I would go I would ask a trivia question, and then I would have like three minutes. Me and some of the kitchen guys would go in the back and crack open a beer and shotgun a beer. I'd be doing shots during trivia. I'd be so. It, Trivia took two hours. I'd be so wasted by the end of trivia. I would have trouble doing math. I would have trouble reading the questions. And people that came to my own trivia, they knew that about me, right? Right? They knew it. They were drunk too. But sometimes I would host other people's trivia. And one time I was hosting one and somebody goes, quit drinking. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, listen, I do trivia so I can sit here and drink, okay? So I'm not going to quit drinking just because you can't understand what i'm saying yeah look dude if you can't roll with me you can't handle this i just don't give an f exactly they ain't living up to the d sleigh ride and don't even get on the train brother exactly exactly get with it loser (laughs) and then i had started oh i had started the big gun open mic the big gun open mic, which I would do up until I left Charleston. Uh, it was my open mic that was, and I was still drinking when I started it. And I would do that, and then I would do that at 10.30. It would be over by 12.31, and then I would close down the bar and then go to work the next day. And my bosses would harass me. They would be like, why are you not getting into the store till 10 o'clock? I'm like, what difference does it make? If I get in at 8, I'm going to leave at 4. If I get in at 10, I'm going to leave at 6. What difference does it make? And, oh, they did not like that. And then I entered the stand-up competition at Theater 99, the Charleston Stand-Up Comedy Competition. And in 2010, I had entered, and I didn't make it out of the first round. 2009, I got third place. 2010, I didn't make it out of the first round. 2011, I entered, and I got third place in my first round, which was enough to get me to the next round. There were three rounds. It was enough to get me to the next round. So I looked at, now during that time, I was, you know, I still am, but especially during drinking, I was a big Alabama fan. I love to watch Alabama football. And if you remember, the 2011 year, the Alabama-LSU game was going to be the biggest game of the year. I mean, it was everything. I mean, it was huge. And I looked at the calendar, and they had the next round to the comedy competition was on a Friday and a Saturday. Friday, I had nothing to do. Saturday was the Alabama-LSU game. And I wanted to watch that game. So I emailed Theater 99, and I was honest with them. I said, hey, listen, I see that you got two nights of the competition. I said, I'd love to be able to do Friday. I said, you know, I know. uh, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I want to watch a football game on Saturday. And, 
you know, if I can do Friday, that'd be great. And they emailed me back. And these are my friends. They said, they said, sorry, we can only, we can only book you on Saturday. And then they said, if you can't do it, let us know. So I emailed them back and I said, okay, I can't do it. Because I wanted to watch this game. And I said, I'm not going to win the contest anyway. In my head, that's what I said. I'm not going to win the contest anyway. So I'm not going to not going to not watch the game and lose the competition in the same night. And then they emailed me back uh, a little while later, and they said, you know what, we had someone drop out. We'll let you in on Friday. I said, perfect. So I went in that Friday. I won first place in the round, and I moved on to the finals. And, and then Alabama lost the game on Saturday. But... Uh, just to wrap that on up, later on, Alabama and LSU played in the national championship against each other, and Alabama won and shut them out 21 to nothing. And I think at that time, that was the only time there had ever been a shutout in college football national championship history. And Alabama did it against Les Miles, who Les Miles was coach of the year. Oh, he was a genius, they used to say. Les Miles is a genius. He's a mad scientist. You know, oh, he eats a little bit of grass and he tastes the wind. Oh, I don't know how he does it, but he just keeps doing it. But you know who beat him? Nick Saban in Alabama. It, and they do it every time. And uh, All right, but what happened with the comedy competition? Well, I won uh, first place in my, in my round to take me on to the finals. So then... If you remember from a few episodes back, there was a girl that I was dating that we referred to as Erica. Erica, now you weren't here when I first talked about Erica. You weren't on this episode. But Erica was a girl I dated. She was the rep for Bayer. We dated a little while. We had a little rendezvous here and there. And then we broke up at the end of the summer. And then she started to work at the James Island Lowe's. She told me, when she was the Bayer rep, that she was living with her ex-boyfriend. They were broken up, but they were trapped in a lease together, so she was living there. And then when she showed up at the James Allen Lowe's, she was engaged to the ex-boyfriend. So one day, I'm, I'm walking down the street in Charleston. It's Saturday around noon, and I'm headed down to Yo Burrito to start a day of drinking. I'm alone but I know the bartender at Yo Burrito. I know the bartenders at a lot of bars. So I could drink alone and not be alone. And I would run into people all the way. So I'm walking on down there. And on my way down there, I run into Erica. She's just doing a little shopping. And we, I say, hey, you want to go to the bar and drink? And she said, okay, because we used to drink all the time. So we go strolling down there. This girl left me in a, a real pit of sorrow. I, after, after we broke up, after that first summer, I was very sad. It was really a first taste at heartbreak for me. You know what I mean? I was sad. Um, and then when she started working at James Island Lowe's, I was so happy. But then she told me she was engaged to her ex-boyfriend. And so every time I saw her, it was a, a reminder of that sadness. And... I was pretty overweight at this time, and I, I, you know, I, I think I was doing all right with women. As I look back on my life, I was like, yeah, I was doing fine. But at the time, I didn't feel like I was. And I was on my way to Yo Burrito. I saw her in the street, and I invited her to go drink with me. And she said, okay. So we go down. It's around noon. We're having margaritas. We're having beers. 
we're having shots of tequila, we're getting wild, right? Yep. We're getting wild, and we, you know, we're talking just kind of old-time stuff, and apparently stuff is going wrong in the relationship. Yeah, because you can trust what she tells you about that relationship of hers. Right. And we go to the bathroom, and then the bathroom, there's a divider wall from the rest of the restaurant, and then there's men's and the women's restroom. And we start making out back there behind by the restroom. And I'm like, I'm jacked up. I'm like, my, my serotonin, I mean, I'm drunk and I'm pumped. And we walk back to her car. I tried to get her to go back to my place and uh, only because I was drunk and she wouldn't. And we made out a little by her car. And then over the next couple of weeks, we would meet up a little bit. We would not hook up in, in that kind of way, but we would meet up. Are you still seeing this other traveling girl too? No, that ended. That ended, but that ended, we talked about that ending last episode. Oh, okay. But I don't, you All know. Right. Sorry. So, um, you know, me and Erica, we, we start meeting up after work. She'll meet me somewhere. I'll be in my Spectreside uniform, and we'll meet up, and we'll, we'll make out somewhere. And, uh, and then she gets legally separated. I don't think she got divorced, but she got legally separated. And then we start dating again. Wow. But we're still not hooking up, right? This is, we're not, we're not hooking up yet. We just start seeing each other. So then the, the finals for the Charleston stand-up comp- comedy competition is coming. The finals. She's going to come. Erica's going to come. I'm competing. My roommate Allison is going to be there. Um, my other roommate, Stephanie, they, they, they live in the same room. They're going to be there. It's, it's a big night. I'm going, my main competitor is this girl named, this lady named Rosalind. She's from Jacksonville. And she had this joke. She was an older black lady, and she had a joke about looking like James Brown with titties, right? It was a huge hit. It was a great joke. And, you know, she, was, she had been crushing her rounds. Now, I won third place enough to get me through, and then I won first place. And now here we are meeting in the finals. And I came out, and I crushed it. I crushed it. She came out, she crushed it, but she ended on a street joke. I won, and I found, I won. I won first place. You won. I won. And I won, and I found out later that I won by two votes. I barely beat her. And, and then, uh, and then my, uh, I came full circle with Erica. I came full circle. I got to, I don't know how many people know how it feels to be completely heartbroken and then have that come back around into victory. Do you understand what I'm saying? What did you do that made it be a victory? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, what do you think? I won the competition. She came back to my place. Oh, oh, you scored with her. Yes, victory. That's basically how 2011 ends. I mean, I don't know if that's... uh, anticlimactic or not but what happened with the girl because he obviously didn't end up with her well i mean 2011 i mean well okay so i can say this as going into 2012 i mean uh i don't know if people remember uh johnny t johnny t was the older alcoholic man that came to live uh in my apartment building yeah, around 2008 2009 yeah well, Johnny T had a son named Justin, and he, he was about my age. 
So in New Year's, um, New Year's of 2011, I had a gig. I was going to do stand-up. I had made friends with all these burlesque dancers. I was friends with the roller derby girls and the burlesque dancers, um, and I would often like host events for them and do things like that. So they invited me. Uh, uh, Sky Page was one of them. Now, Sky Page was dating and actually ended up getting married. Oh, to Manny V. You remember when we did the um, uh, the Laughing Skull in Atlanta and we stayed at that guy's house, Manny V? Yeah. Manny V was dating Sky Page. Right. Sky Page had got me on this gig to do comedy. And so me and Allison and Justin and his girlfriend, Danielle, who I, who I still know also, um, we all went together. We all... We all had this thing, and I had I did comedy, and it was terrible. I mean, you know, you learn that you can't do comedy at a New Year's party, but the the party was still fun. But you know, all in all, it was pretty terrible. And uh, and then that's how the, that's how the year ended. I mean, there there is no wrap up for that until two thousand twelve. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. So that's the next episode. That's the next episode. Okay. How this all wraps up? But, but you're scoring in comedy. You get the girl that you've been hung up on. You drinking, and it's somehow working out at work. Everything on the surface, everything is going as good as it could be going. Uh huh. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I'm planning to move to LA in March. Right. I mean, I got a whole plan. I mean, you know, it's weird to talk about this this love story with my wife, who ultimately don't feel weird. Who ultimately would be my, uh, you know, my ultimate love story. Well, I've had love affairs too, Dusty. Okay, but. But yeah, I mean to to go that that full circle to to see and feel, you know, that heartbreak. Yeah. And then win it back. Yeah. While also winning at a comedy competition. Yeah. It just felt like bang. Let me make a prediction though. When you get back together with this girl you've been chasing forever, it's not what you thought it was going to be. Well, don't get ahead of yourself. But you that's know? what that's what I think you're going to say. Well, I remember at one time her ex-boyfriend who, you know, she led me to believe was a real jerk. I don't know if he was or not, but he I said I think maybe she was the jerk since she was cheating on him. <laughs> maybe with you maybe. for like 3 years. He wrote me a message one time on Facebook and it said, "You're a fat f." <laughs> 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 well, you kind of are. <laughs> but it was your... It wasn't right that you were doing that. It was your Y-O-U-R. Your... <laughs> I was, I wasn't. You know what I mean? I was being lied to, but too. But in your defense, you're like, I was in love with her. Well, it's true. It is true. Yeah, but it ain't right. It, it's not right. But I, I, I was, you know, I was led... I was led down the wrong path as well. Yeah. And I think I, I think that, oh, oh, you know what? I never finished the story with Chaz about the Honda Fit. I don't know how I went from the Honda Fit on into something else. Oh, I thought that was all just context. No, let me just finish this. So we go down, we're hanging out. I got the skinny jeans. We go out to a bar. It doesn't go that well. We end up start talking to a couple of girls or something. And then we felt like Chaz blocked us because Chaz had a girlfriend. And we felt like he blocked us, me and the other guy. And we were pretty pissed. And... I got real mad at Chaz and, and because he was being, you know, being a dick. And I got in the car. I drove us all back to his house. And then when we got to his house, I got my stuff and I was getting out of there. Now, Statesboro was three hours away from Charleston and I'm wasted. 
So I'm driving my new Honda Fit mad back to Charleston, and I'm on this empty interstate, and I begin to doze off. And I dozed off one time, and I drove the Honda Fit into the meet. Now, probably at 70 miles an hour, I drove the Honda Fit into the median of the interstate. I woke up. I jerked the wheel. I got back onto the interstate. I slid. The car was completely sideways where the driver's side was facing forward. And then I turned the wheel again, and the car completely spun around to where now the, 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 the driver's side was facing the rear, and I was sliding. And I jerked it one more time, and I straightened right up. And I drove to the Walmart parking lot, and I slept all night in the Walmart parking lot. Woke up, went into the Walmart, peed, bought a water, drove home. A little while later that day, Chaz texted me. And I was like, oh, geez, what's this guy want? Now, we later, since, you know, since then, we, we became friends again. And that'll be the final sales meeting that I go to. Well, what I'm learning but, from 2011 is you really were a professional alcoholic. But this is what I'll say. Chaz texts me, and I was like, oh, geez. And he goes, I can't find my car keys. I think I left them in your car. And I was like, oh. So I go out to the car, and I find them. And I'm like, oh, no, that's three hours away. There's no way. And he ended up having an extra set, so I just mailed them to him. And it, and it was okay. But And then I saw a girl walking down the street in Charleston that I went to high school. She told me that she's a lesbian now, and then she came to my show that night. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny that you remember those little details. And then I went out drinking again, and she came. With her girlfriend, I think. Or, I don't know, with the girl she met. And, um, but yeah, all in all. A lot I mean, going on. A lot going on in, in, in 2011. Yeah, it I don't know a, why you quit drinking. It sounds like you were having the time of your life. It was a powerful year. But 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 2012, I think, will we'll complete it. It will we'll tell you what all. The underbelly. How it all went down. Because I did eventually quit drinking in 2012. Do you think this was a good podcast? Do you think this was interesting? Yeah. Okay. I do. Okay. Well, I will let's say, wrap it up. Let's, uh, let's stick to the landing. Well, I want to say this. My friend Troy Ritchie, he did, in fact, do a demo version of the country of the song by Kesha, Take It Off, in country. He made it a country song. But he said that he has to work on the final version. But the version he recorded was really good. And I'm very excited for the final version. And that's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't have anything to plug. I'll be in Rhode Island this weekend. If you're a listener from East Providence, Rhode Island, or somewhere thereabout, I'll be there this weekend, and I'd like you to come see my show. Thank you very much, and we're having a good time.